What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, Hunter is boycotting this week. He didn't. He thought the performance in Lubbock against SFA was unacceptable, so he's taking the week off. Uh, but we got Level to fill in for him. Chris Level from RedRaiderSports.com, uh, who's going to provide some good perspective on last Saturday and this coming weekend against uh, FIU and just the Big Twelve in general. Uh, y'all know Level always has good stuff. So I'll shut up so we can get started. Here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at prmiraider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, here we go. The man, as I called him on the radio, the man, myth, the legend, Chris Level. <laughs> yeah, Casey asked me what your title was, and I said the man, myth, the legend, and I didn't realize he wanted a real answer. <laughs> so he looked at me like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just generally a dumbass, so we'll go with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, being at the game on Saturday, I saw you. You were all over the place. I. I Mary, my wife asked one time, I was like, where isn't level down there somewhere? And it took like, you were there and then there you were, I mean, you were all over the place. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you never know. And that the game kind of dictates that where you, what, what you need to do when you're just, down there, but yeah, kind of stay out of the way I'd imagine. Or try yeah, that's, exactly. I don't want to get trucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting up a fight to any would be ball carriers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but. I, I mean, obviously, you didn't expect to leave at halftime, but I kind of thought I might. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did not, and nobody did because it was it was tighter than I think most people expected. You know, and and it's uh, I don't know if this is uh, like a general statement because you're right. It it was it was scare it was scary. Yes. I mean, and yet, you know, I don't know if that's just a general consensus around the country. Now, granted. You know, uh, when, when you play Long Island like West Virginia did, or you play West Carolina, uh, Western Carolina like Oklahoma did, and they just – you, you could almost make the argument, did y'all really get anything out of a 66 to nothing or 76 to nothing, yeah. you know, win? I mean, like, uh, you know, how much did that – you know, did your team improve? But generally, this is the norm. And it's – I don't know if it's because of general parity, because of the portal – has allowed these lower level teams to get players and fill in holes. I, mean, I don't know, yeah. um, you know, because there, there was there was four Baylor kids on SFA's defense. There was, and, and here's the other thing: 
like, uh, let's see, number two, Xavier Gibson. Based on what I saw, if that young man wants to play for you or somebody at this level, there's a spot. Yes. Yes. I mean, and they, yeah. yeah. He may have been the best receiver on the field. Like, most consistent receiver on the field, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed. But, I mean, just sitting where I was – I was just, imp- I was so impressed with SFA's game plan, like annoyingly impressed. It was, it was just like, I don't even know how to describe it. it. It was, you felt like they were in the heads of the coordinators on the other sideline. Like it just seemed like every button was pressed and there were no mistakes made. Like they won't play. I, I would be surprised if they play a better game, a more mistake free game than what they did on Saturday, which is credit to them. Because they did not screw much up. You're right. And they made, you know, the, the, it was just amazing how many times Trey Self would sit in the pocket yeah. and get hit, but he would deliver it. And then you make a contested catch. Yeah. And then here, here they go, uh, you know, here, here they, you know, extend the drive. But yeah, it was, uh, it was impressive. And, and, you know, I knew Coach Carthel would be, he would be very motivated. He took his team to Kegel stakes on Friday night. I mean, this was, this is his neck of the woods. This is, it's a pride thing, him and his dad. And just in, you know, uh, so, so many things about this area that he still associates with and, and he played up to the fan base, which I thought was smart on his part. Oh, yeah. y'all, beat, y'all beat Texas in basketball. Hey, man, throw a tortilla and hit the, you know, hit, <laughs> he hit knew the. What he was doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I'm thinking, well, I hope nobody throws a tortilla out to the midfield because that's a penalty. Yeah, they announced <laughs> it in the stadium too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I yeah. I just I appreciated their. I, it's funny after the game was over. I haven't told this story yet, but there was somebody on the staff he was like he's not actually a coach but he's he's heavily involved with the offense and he said you know i used to coach at sfa and he goes they you know we we played games like this and he goes you can you can call whatever you want there's no ramifications there's no you you just roll the dice and it's like let's just go it's it's just free You, you almost at peace he goes, now, if they do that against Sam Houston State and get their ass beat, he goes, they'll get fired. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah. And he's like, that's the dynamic there, you know, and, and he's like, and they played us really well. They they did things on defense that we hadn't necessarily seen or that, that you know, but it, it was. <laughs> they didn't cover but, receivers. <laughs> it was yeah, incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um yeah, the like, and that and that was the guy talking about SFA's defense. But like from Tech's standpoint, that shallow cross just killed you all night. Yeah, just hung in there, hung in there, hung in there. You 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 you're, you got you see a bunch of uh, DBs heads turned, but then they're just here comes some guy. Yeah, you know number two, Xavier Gibson mainly, and it just killed you. It was like death by a thousand paper cuts. So I was far- just read. I mean, I sent that in the text. I was like, this is about to be a shallow cross for a score. And we have a minute to respond. <laughs> like, I mean, I was, I was convinced just because it hadn't been stopped all night and I didn't expect it to then is it's not, it's like you said, it's not like the pass rush was working because he would hang in there. And then even if he was getting dragged down, it was a strike every time. It was- He's probably another guy that if he wants to play at a higher level, probably can. I was impressed with his poise and yeah. I didn't realize he was, a, he was a two year Juco guy. 
I saw somebody say, which I didn't realize that. So he's, he's experienced to say the least. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, just tons of moxie and gutsy. I mean, and, and you know, you hate to say it, but there's some Bailey Zappy there. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's that good, but if, if he'll continue to be that good, but he's certainly, you know, it was impressive. And, and the, the, the strangest stat that Dickens and I were able to find is that everybody's, you know, very annoyed and frustrated with the offense and everything. And it's been such a bizarre two game body yes. of work. Yes. You, you are, you are arguably one of the worst teams in the country at, in total first downs. I think you have 26 total. Mm-hmm. Okay. That ranks like near the bottom in the country. Yeah. And yet you've only run like about a hundred plays, yeah. which is, in a normal setting, that's almost a game and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's and it's it's because and so here's what I was going to say. I I think about it. Let's think about you. You just played Houston, who purposely did it. SFA purposely did it. But the following teams are going to slow the game down, and it's going to be a limited possession game. Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU probably Kansas. Yeah. Now the, the Oklahoma schools won't, I don't, Texas might a little bit. I don't know what they're, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's almost like the game is overcorrected a bit there. You're not going to see the fast tempo breakneck pace. And so this is kind of the norm and it makes it kind of scary. If, if you want to run 70, 80 plays in a game, cause you may not necessarily get that as much as you used to be able to. I guess the problem with that though is, your defense is still playing a lot of plays. So if like, if the game was slowing down proportionally, then I would, I don't think there's a problem with that at all, but it's, it's almost, it's, it's only slowing down for you on offense. That seems to be the biggest issue. The defense has already played a ton of plays. Cause you can't get off the field on either third or in this case, fourth down. Yeah. That's the, yeah, I did it in my, my defensive breakdown. I think they teams are like nine for 31 or 38 on third down, but they're 12 of 17 on fourth down or something like that. Like it's just 12 of 15. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Like I don't, it's gotta be an anomaly, but it's not a fun one. Yeah, no, not at all. And I, you know, and then you look at the, the way the defense played the other night. I mean, they didn't give up the pick six, obviously not their fault. They ended up holding SFA to a field goal on the muffed punt to their yeah. credit. They, they stopped them there. Uh, they, they dealt with some short fields, but, um, you know, like the, the, the fumbled, the, the strip sack and it goes 35 yards back and, <sighs> you know, I mean, and they end up with a short field there. And yeah. so, you know, they haven't been perfect by any means. The pass rush is too spotty yeah. to me, or, or it only, it just, it's not consistent enough. And maybe I'm asking for too much. I don't know, but it, it's been really good late in the games when it's meaningful. It's just not good enough early on in the games. And, you know, Trey self was able to settle in and Clayton Toon did there for a while until you, you, you shut him down, but it's just mm-hmm. weird two games. So we'll see what we get uh, this week with a Maryland transfer at quarterback. I didn't. Yeah, I know very little about FIU other than they lost overtime against Texas State, who almost I mean, who played with Baylor, Texas State did. And then Butch Davis is their coach. That's all I know. (laughs) They have. uh, So uh, here's here's my rundown on FIU. Um, You know, Butch Davis has been there. I think this is this is sixth season, I think. Maybe it's fifth season. Yeah, it's one I saw it was one of those. Two. Yeah, it's, it's I think maybe it's fifth season. So last year they went 0 and 5, but they had a, a just an unbelievable like K 
cancellations, weird gaps in their schedule. I think they had eight total canceled games or whatever. They only played five. They lost them all. But the the first three years, he went to took took these dudes to a bowl game. Yeah. And and in nineteen, uh, one of their last games, they beat the University of Miami, where he yeah. used to coach at. You right. know, which is yeah. I think kind of fascinating. Their best player is their running back, Devonte Pierce, six two, about two twenty. Um, he went wild in their first game and did well in the in, against Texas State. However, he fumbled twice, mm. and so they they had. Now it cost them because they lost, but they turned it over four times against Texas State. Ended up losing in overtime. So both teams are coming in, you know, minus four in the turnover category <laughs> with zero takeaways. One, one feeling a little better though. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Max, uh, uh, I forgot Slobbenknocker or something. I forgot. I had to go back and look it up. Is that the quarterback? Yeah, he's a Maryland transfer, um, and and he's a good player. I think. Um, they have a big offensive line, some Florida oh, speed. Morton Schlag? Yeah, Morton Schlager, maybe. Something, yeah, oh, I yeah. didn't even click on it to expand it. Yeah, Morton Schlager. <laughs> yeah, Morton Schlager. Yeah, I need to I need to get that pronunciation right before Saturday, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but And then defensively, they've got – I think there's the, – everybody's told me about the kid number 99, Davon Strickland, and he's – you know, they're like, hey, I'm going to use this name. He's not anywhere near this guy, but this kind of – he's an undersized, really twitchy, but, you know, Aaron Donald type guy, you know, because he's undersized, I right. think is why they're saying that. And Does he's he very – like and he's inside? A little bit. And okay. I think that's kind of where – because you got an undersized, twitchy, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, mismatch kind of what it looks like and then you deal with him and it's like a, a problem but anyway that's the that's kind of the guy that's on on defense but yeah this is uh what your three touchdown favorites you just want to play well you just want to have a clean game yeah. drama free game you know we'll see what you get to me i just i'm almost less concerned like if their best players they're running back which i mean how far have we come but that's okay with me like i i trust the run defense text run defense that is like i it Maybe they, I'm almost happy. Maybe they get a little bit of a test to see are they good? Are they as good as we think they are? Um, well, because well, Taylor, think about it after this week, Bijan Robinson and, oh, yeah. Le- and, and Letty Brown are on the, on the schedule for the <laughs> yeah. next two weeks after that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, little, yeah. Oh, yeah. The you're tests about to get, will come. <laughs> and that's th- those two guys are arguably like all conference. I mean, you know, I know Bijan was, I think Letty Brown was actually, those are first team all conference type guys. Yeah. So you're about to get, you're about to see as good as it gets from a running back standpoint. So in, in some ways I like that part that that's what they want to, cause this is a big kid. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Butch Davis has talked about, you know, I've coached a lot of great running backs and he mentioned Emmett Smith and all that. I don't think he's saying that this kid's Emmett Smith, but he's like, he's got, he's got some characteristics that we really like and we can throw yeah. it to him and don't have to take him off the field and all that stuff. So. Yeah. It's just, it's like I said, it's, it's interesting being able to say like, well, I'm not worried about the run defense, <laughs> you know, and, and you've mentioned it all off season, just about how the defense looks different. And it's the first time I've been to a game in person and you are, you were spot on about that. When they came out there for that first drive, I was, I was sitting in my seat like, Oh, this is what level meant. Like this looks like a division one defense that is about to do something. So it was, that was nice to actually see in person. And and if we'll catch some breaks here, 
okay, you know, Texas Tech has just not been on the right side of that for a while. But if you'll catch some breaks from a, a health standpoint to where you can maintain most of your – it's unrealistic to expect that you're just going to play this thing out and be, be clean. But if you don't get just super thin at, at one spot – you really have a chance for this group to really keep you in a lot of games. Not that they're going to win you games yet. They've got to factor in takeaways. But I, the, the beauty of what they're doing is he's playing like 20 guys and there's really not drop-off there. No. Now, the problem may be is you don't have – like I think Colin Schooler is as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. And I mean that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not all conference yet. That's his goal, but he, he's as good of a football player as you've got on your team. There's yeah. not that guy up front. I don't think. No, yeah. that's a not problem. a Colin schooler. No. no. And I don't necessarily know yet if you have one on the back end. Yeah. Reggie Pearson has shown some flashes. He just, you know, got here. I love DeMarcus Fields. I just don't know. But I mean, Colin schooler is like a, uh, that that dude is a – I mean, I, I wish I had 85 more of that cat. Oh, man. yeah. And I hate it that he's going to – this is it for him. Yeah. Um, it, he should have had – I mean, he should have had a fumble – like a, a forced fumble. And that was the most ridiculous call I've seen in a long time. I mean, that guy was not and, – and then the guy blew it dead, and you can't review forward progress. Yeah. And so there was no review. I mean, that, that was a crazy call. But I thought it was weird they blew that play dead when it looked like the ball went backwards. Because that, they typically have been told to let it play out yeah. and they'll sort it out after it's and over. They, and he, they that, that same guy did it twice. Yeah. Very unusual to me. Very frustrating. And I think he thought that's exactly what happened. It's like it wasn't a, you know, forward. I mean, he just – he read it, knew exactly what was happening. And I thought, okay. And if that play goes differently, how much different is the oh. whole game? Yeah, well, I think it was the first play of the game. The swing pass goes – I put this in my write-up – goes through the football-shaped hole in Schooler's arm. I thought that was a pick six. I stood up. I was already celebrating. I thought he was about <laughs> to pick that off and take it to the house, and it fit right through his arms. And I, little did I know, like, that was just going to be the game. Like, that was just how it was going to be all night. <laughs> Bad luck, man. Bad yes. luck. You know, uh, but – What I was thinking about, what I wanted to see this Saturday, is I just want to see – it's not even like the off. I mean, I guess I could say the offense clicking better, but I just want to see the Tyler Shuck from Houston, the one that didn't look like things were moving too fast. The one who, to me, and you're there closer, but to me, it looked like he really steadied the ship in Houston, and I didn't really get that vibe on Saturday. Very fair, and I, I don't, I almost. Uh... I don't think he was like rattled. I think some of that was the, some of the stuff SFA was doing defensively, which they, they, they were doing some different things that, you know, but the, here's part of the problem. The pick six, I don't know whose fault it was because it was, it was somebody's, it was either Tyler or Eric, but they clearly like in the first game of the season, you had muddy waters. And I think Reggie Pearson miscommunicated and just blown coverages that led to two touchdowns. Like where they're looking at each other, like, dude, you're, you're supposed to have me over the top. There was clear. Well, this was the first time that we'd seen that offensively where it's like, I'm throwing it here. I'm running there and they come off and I'm standing right there and they're looking at each other like, and so I don't ultimately know, whose fault that but that got to get that fixed and cleaned right. up but that's the reality of them being meshed together really quickly and then the the other pick he he doesn't throw to outside leverage to miles price where i think he thought he never read the the one high safety yeah 
it, he it, there's it, one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he doesn't throw it to like the sideline to give miles a, a much of a chance and didn't throw it far enough. But yeah. you know, these are things that you just can't do. So well, to me, even on the, the strip sack 40 yards, whatever that was, there were two guys open at the sticks. It was just a half second of hesitation. And then he decided I'm just going to go deep. And then that's when the strip sack happened. But I think I think it was Mannix, and then it probably was Price in the slots, right there at the sticks with space open. But it just looked like his brain was just a half, probably less than a half second slow. And that's, I mean, that's the difference a lot of times. So, it, and you're right about SFA. I mean, I was watching, and that's what's nice about being there is they basically put everybody in the box, and then on, on the snap it was either everybody was coming or it was these two guys were dropping back or everybody else was coming or one guy was dropping. There was, it was never the same. It was almost something different every time. And, and like I put in my write-up, I mean, there were times where there were, there was one DB on two receivers out there. Like that's how packed the box was. So, I mean, I, you could, you could just tell his mind didn't know who was going where and, and, and all that. So just, you know, just wanting to see, I guess, more decisiveness out of him and just making a decision and, which I guess he did on the pick six and it turned out bad. So who knows? Yeah. And we did see him run it a little bit on the zone yeah. read and you see kind of that he's more than capable there. So now for as many negatives as there were, that's on film. Now you gotta, you know, cause I mean, he he's, and, and if anything, they're trying to tell him you need to learn to get down and slide and not right. cause he's, he, he kind of wants to yeah. take a hit or fight for extra yards and he's a big kid and all that stuff. But yeah, I hope he plays well. And I, I think if you get 60 or 70 plays, like a, like in a fairly normal game, you're going to, you're going to see more of miles and Geiger and Tharp and Koontz and, and all that. But it was just, you know, it was frustrating because you, you're trying to force feed Eric a little bit, but you got to spread it around. And it that's one thing that I saw all August that John Harris, who broadcast the games too, yeah. we would come away from these scrimmage situations in August and we would be very – now, granted, Eric was only available in some of these in, in August. Right. They're trying to manage him and get him to the opener. But Tyler would really survey the field and he'd, he'd get through his progressions and I'm like – and he'd find the open guy a lot of the time. But Saturday, it looks like he's only looking at one side of the field or just strictly just locked up on Eric. Now, yeah. I do think that Sonny is coaching him. If you see man-to-man on an Eric Mizukama, yeah. I, that's where we want the ball to go. We, that's yeah. the matchup we want. We trust our guy over whoever you want to put over there. Yeah, And, and I get that. Oh, but, yeah. It, yeah. but you just want to see some, you know, some other guys – almost take the pressure off you yeah. know uh, a little bit and get involved and i know they i don't know how if geiger's getting frustrated or miles price is gonna be you know but you're how about this your h receiver that position i think seven touches on the year for a total of 11 yards that's, that's wild. it that's and that wild. includes a few catches and some handoffs you tried to run a reverse to to miles price they made Just a great a perfect- play on it perfect yep. that guy didn't even know where he was and tackled miles Price. that was the night it was <laughs> yeah and i mean that's the so not for lack of trying but it's just no. a, but yeah that's definitely something i want to see too i, I don't disagree that's kind of to me why i lean shuck at fault for the the pick because that was man coverage and easy was flying by that corner so i would have liked to see that one go deep but again that's just more communication like you said uh it'll be 
I I tend to think that like when to and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seemed like against Houston, you know, they were lining Geiger up in the backfield. There was tons of motion with Price and those slot guys, and then you you go into uh, SFA and there was very little of that. There was very little like play action boot to the tight end, and it almost seemed like not that we don't necessarily need it against SFA, but like why put more of this on film when we should be able to beat SFA without it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've had, I've had people ask me that was he, you know, reserving anything or keeping it. Tra- I mean, I, I, I just know from the conversations that I had with Sonny before the, each of these games, he's like, you can't afford to do that. I don't think yeah. it was on purpose and maybe it's just, they don't get to that portion of the, of the playbook or he just didn't like the look. I don't know, but I I'm with you. I expected to see just more bells and whistles and more eye candy, if you yeah. will of you know because a lot of that did you know that you coach football for a long time so much of that motion and the personnel groups it's the same place oh yeah you're you're just disguising it you're tricking (laughs) it up you're trying to confuse the opposition yeah and you just didn't see as much of that as you would have liked yeah i don't disagree that's why you know there's a lot of doom and gloom about the offense but to me just go go watch two saturdays ago that was the offense we wanted to see i mean there was all kinds of stuff going on and I loved it. And that's why I'm not, I'm not ready to just call it like oh, bad hire. We messed it. We mixed, you know, we messed it up again. Here we go. Like, no, I mean, you came back from 14 points down in the second half to beat a pretty good Houston team. I'm not, I'm not worried about the offense yet, but we, I've got a few more weeks before I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. And think about it this way. How much different would the vibe be if you take the two games and you just flip them? Yeah. That's, and, that's yeah. You know, but, but because they were, you know, we're coming off the, the, the bad one. It's like, Oh gosh. But if you, if you had just flipped it, we'd have been like, okay, they were not great. The first one. This is a warm up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I do love the, the chunk plays. Oh yeah. Because I was going to say that. Missed that. Yeah. And you haven't had it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, by no means do I want to take those away. You just want to be able to convert some first downs and, and sit on the ball for a little bit. Yeah. But how about this stat? This is just wild. That's what I was going to say earlier. You are all, you almost lead the country in plays from scrimmage 50 yards or 50 yards plus. Yeah. And yet you're one of the worst in the country <laughs> at plays of just 10 yards or more. Feast or it's famine. wild. Exactly. It's even more extreme than feast or famine. I don't even know what a better analogy is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, <laughs> Yeah. And you're right though. Like I know, like from calling plays, like I went through a year when I had no home run hitters and I had to do more work and more thinking during a drive than, and it was awful. Like when you had to, you knew when you were going to have to call 12 straight good plays, like you just knew it. If you got behind the chains, you're done. If you know, if you, if you got a penalty, you were done. If somebody fumbled, like there was, you were never going, like if the play was supposed to get four, we were getting four, there was nothing else to have. And so like, I'm sure Cumby appreciates the fact that like they could score at any moment, unlike, you know, last year. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you might save your defense a little bit. You might get into a better rhythm if you can actually stack some plays on top of each other. I do think, uh, I will tell you, I do think you're going to get a little, and I won't really get into too much more, but I do think you're going to get a little healthier on the offensive side of the ball this week, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from that, a pers- that's good. From yeah. a personnel standpoint. So there'll be another piece uh, added to the puzzle, I think. So we'll yeah. see. And it's always yeah. good. Like, I wouldn't want anybody coming back at 11 a.m. in Austin, really. It'd be nice to get a few snaps before you yeah. get there. 
Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, that's the thought, at least we'll see if something changes, but I think that's kind of the thought midweek anyway. Nice. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you've had a, a long day. Uh, any last thing, anything from the coaches show tonight, I wasn't able to watch, but I figured I'd ask you anything good. No, I mean, you know, we, we had a good, we had, we had Jalen on and, you know, uh, he's a, he's just a good human. Yeah. And he's just a fun guy to be around. And it's, uh, you know, he, he's telling the story that it's second and 30. And, you know, that's when he just got his hand caught in the face mask. That and was he's so not, frustrating. I'm yeah, sure for him. <laughs> oh, and he's not trying to do it. He gets taken out. He gets yelled at. Yeah. And and he, he said after the fact, you know, I, I felt terrible. Like I felt like I cost our team or was going to cost our team the game. Right. And then he comes in and he has the sack and he's very active in those last three or four plays. Yeah. And he's just a guy that's easy to root for, man. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, but it, it's scary that it almost comes down to that. Oh, yeah. You know, it was that's so how... wild. SFA celebrated that like they got the first down. Like they threw a pass and got it. Like it was – I mean, the quarterback got up and did the signal. Like he just ran for 40 yards. Like it was ridiculous. But, I mean – However you can get it. Yeah. However you can get it. Here's my question for you. Yes. And I'm curious your thought. Who is the and and I I guess we'll go with the assumption here that Oklahoma is still the best team in the league. Yeah. Now they they look like a bleep show against Tulane. It was really bad. They were off. Spencer Sanders got outplayed. Excuse me. Spencer Rattler got outplayed. Sanders was which seems to happen a weird amount for a guy who's apparently the next Mahomes. And, and signing autographs for big yeah. dollars and all that stuff. I agree. Who's the second best team in this league through two weeks? <laughs> it's got to be Kansas State so far. And yet they don't – they're without their starting quarterback for the foreseeable Okay, season. I heard you say that somewhere. I missed what happened. I didn't know if it was a serious injury or a – Yeah, Skylar Thompson, he is out for – yeah, I mean, I think they thought it could have been season-ending as a non-contact injury. I think that they've – basically okay. come out and said okay it's not out for the season he's gonna return nobody knows when now, probably granted, october you know, 23rd probably <laughs> uh but yeah will i think will howard is his name is gonna be the backup and that's that was the, be guy the guy we guy. played right i think so yeah, yeah. and he's not no he's not we great yeah no if you could have made some field goals in that game yeah. and, and and tackled deuce vaughn at the end of the game you're probably having a different conversation yeah so uh, wow so yeah it's not Kansas State then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who is it? I mean, because, you know, everybody wanted to put Iowa State in that category, but you can't – they just – You can't – once you bench Purdy like that, I don't know how you come back from it. I really, I mean, like, I'm sure they will, and I'm sure they'll be fine, but that's that's big to me for a guy like that to get benched in a game like that. Yeah, they don't – the, the the talk around Iowa State is first of all their defense is probably the best in the Big Twelve. Their yeah. defense has had no issues. Their yeah. defense didn't give up all those points on Saturday. I mean, Brees Hall fumbled one that they picked up, and and Iowa ran it into the end zone. There were some turnovers and short fields. Their defense has been really really good. It's going to be a problem. Yeah. Offensively though, everybody knows they just want. I mean, and you think about Matt Campbell and his time there. He's only had David Montgomery and Brees Hall at running back. That's it. That's ridiculous. And it is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so that's all he's known. Yeah. But they don't have an Alan Lazard. They don't have yeah. an Akeem Butler on yeah, the outside. 
they have those tight ends yeah. and yet everybody just loads it up and they're yeah. saying, Hey Brock, you, you, you know, you, you, you need to try to win this game because Make we're not some letting... tight window throws. Yeah. And he did, he struggled with it. You know, yeah. they just couldn't get it going. So, you know, but you know, they, they typically have shown that they, okay. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was about struggle. to say. Yeah. It's like I mean, right now. No, they're not the second best team. We talk about this again in November. They probably are. They may be yeah. the best team in November. Could Is be. it Texas? Like no after way. that loss? No way. They, they, they were embarrassed. Yeah. And, they, and they've changed their quarterback. Yeah. That's why. Um, I TCU? mean, I, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's TCU. I'm just going down the list now. Nobody's. Yeah. Really, I mean, to me, the Stanford win is probably the best win the Big 12 has. And then maybe TCU's over Cal is next. And then but, X but over Cal, Houston. Cal is not very good. No, that's um yeah, they're you know, they have you know, Justin Wilcox actually did something that was very interesting early on in that game. I think it was I think it was twelve to nothing, Cal. Yeah. Very early in the game. So follow me here. And he goes for two after scoring a touchdown. Mm. They they don't get it. It's picked off. And, you know, if that was happening around here, everybody would be like, what in the F is going on? Yes. Um, by, by the way, how about uh, Matt Campbell kick trying to kick a field goal on first down? <laughs> like he tried to kick a field goal on first down because he was trying to preserve the time. Yes. It, it was similar thinking to I think what Matt did against TCU last year. Yes, but it's just. Uh, but I, back to the Coach, original point. I don't know are bad second, at that stuff. I just don't <laughs> know who the second. I don't know who the second best team is. I don't, I yeah. really don't know. I don't. I don't. And it, it speaks to I guess kind of how winnable the league is. Oh yeah. I, I guess mean, to me, if you just look at if you look at Tech games from last year, the only time you were outclassed was Oklahoma. Other than that you could make an argument you should have won every game you played. Well, the Iowa State game, you hung in there for okay. a little bit, but they yeah, were – That's true. That was – And, and that kind of goes back to your point earlier is if if their offense could do anything, that game's 40 to nothing at halftime instead of 14 – or not 40 to nothing, 40 to 7 at halftime instead of 14-7 or whatever it was, 21-7. Correct. Seven. Uh, like that, that game was still a game when – I mean, late in the third, technically, you know, not really, but technically it was. So, yeah, we've yeah. been striking distance, and that's when they pulled uh, Bowman for Columbia. But yeah. So anyway, it's just uh, it's kind of fascinating two weeks. Yeah. Because yeah, it really I had not even thought about it, but it's pretty much impossible to say. That's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I guess probably good for us. Yeah, because I, I think you, you're not alone in like feeling like okay, we're not real sure what we've got here, you yeah. know. But you you know, it's better to to figure that try to figure that out after two wins than than a because I mean yeah, that's true. Maybe the Houston win, it's not the best one, but it's probably one of the better wins that anybody's had in the Big Twelve so far. Oh, yeah, especially with what they did to Rice this yeah. last weekend. I mean, Arkansas is playing Rice into the fourth quarter. And then Arkansas destroys Texas, and yeah. yet Houston goes across town and beats them forty-four to seven. It's so you know, weird. so yeah, it's Baylor weird. Baylor struggles with Texas State and then beats whoever. Like, imagine being a Baylor fan right now. You struggle with Texas State. Uh, first of all, can you imagine? But you struggle with Texas State, and then you blow out whoever it was the next week. Like, you don't know anything about your team. Nothing. Yeah. Like I yeah. just like you said, it's just a very weird, very weird season, but. Like I said, I think I think that's good for Texas Tech. 
if they can yeah. figure some things out. So hopefully we'll have some fun along the but way. It's going to, it's going to start getting serious here pretty quick. Cause you've got yes. after this weekend, you got back-to-back road trips uh, in the big 12 and, and you know, if, if you can somehow, somehow, some way figure out the way to be four and one with TCU yes come you know because then then you're set up to have some success i I just uh so that that's kind of what the goal should be is to figure out a way to be four and one at least by then yeah i totally agree that's got to be the mindset like obviously you'd love to be five and oh but at our at our current juncture let's be four and one and see what happens next like you said let's and i that that West Virginia game sets up real interesting because they host Virginia Tech this week. You know, Virginia Tech just beat North Carolina. Yeah. If somehow Virginia Tech wins that game, you know, West Virginia has to play in Norman next week. And when they come home, they could be sitting there at one and three, and they'll be as desperate as any team in the league, and there'll be people calling for Neil's head. Yeah. You're you're gonna get a really desperate West Virginia team if that's the way it plays out. If they lose their next two. Wow. Yeah. So you think about sometimes it's when you play people. Oh yeah. Um, you just know how that dynamic goes. And so absolutely. I mean, I we saw want... that. We saw that the first game to me. Dana knew exactly what he was rolling into and just threw everything at you. And I would expect if Neil Brown's in the situation, he'll do the same thing. So I kind of want West Virginia to win this weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I would mean, probably be the best Big 12 win then. Yeah, for, for Virginia Tech. I don't yeah. disagree. Yeah, that, so that, that's a good one. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, right, good, good times, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining me. Hunter ditched us as usual, but uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> make, we'll make it up. We'll get some some. I don't know if there's some little league tournament he's scouting for the next College World Series, but he'll be it's back. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again. Okay. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs>